Rob, how you doing? What's up, Rich? Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the fifth episode of The Six Sessions. Each week, I've been lucky enough to chat with somebody in the growth space across marketing, sales, and customer experience. I'm kind of hoping that hanging out with interesting people will rub off on me, making me smarter by default. That's my grand plan. Um, these are designed to be short and sweet and hopefully full of insight. And it's definitely unfiltered, which also makes it fun, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. we don't say anything that's too offensive. But um, my guest today has done some of the hard yards in the SaaS scene. With nearly 15 years at the exec level, he's, gr he's grown early to mid-stage SaaS startups on both sides of the pond. He has a real focus on driving growth by ensuring his teams work smarter and more collaboratively with a big emphasis on positivity and high energy. He's definitely a strategic thinker. He's creative and analytical, which some might say is the complete growth package. He's also an advisor, an investor, and a regular speaker in the growth space. So with all that in mind, I'm excited to welcome Rob Masser on. Rob, welcome. And, uh, Thanks for having me, Rich. You're fifth in line, but that doesn't doesn't diminish the fact at all. And you are actually the last of the year. So this is the last one we're going to do because I didn't fancy doing one on Christmas Day. I'm glad I wasn't your first choice. That sounds uh, right well, now. You, where you, you, you've got to work up to the big hitters. That's how this, that's how this pans I, out. I, I, yeah, I totally hear that. How's it been going? Very good, thanks, mate. It's been a a, a, a bumpy year, but it's uh we we finished strong and it's it, it's going well. Yeah, how, you guys seem to be crushing it. You're hiring a ton of people. Yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those things that if you'd asked me how I would imagine the the year panning out in March, it would not be that we have. So we since the pandemic started, we've hired nine people, and we've got another kind of like eight eight roles currently out there as well. And um, we've grown our Canadian team. It's yeah, it's it's not how I expe expected this year to go. How's twenty twenty been for you guys? Uh, it's been incredible. Um, you know, we obviously our business kind of strangely lends itself well to the pandemic um given that it's work collaboration um and uh yeah i mean we've hired a, a brand new um commercial team in london um that's i think we're up to about 17 people that we've hired since june um, or may um and then you know that's we're just continuing to pour that on next year Nice. So, I mean, you, you briefly touched on it, but top level, what's your business? What does Forecast do? Forecast is essentially a, an all-in-one platform for uh, services companies to operate their business. So um, within the platform, there's your project management component, your resource management component, your time tracking component, um, and then your project budget financials. Um, I think where the challenge that we're solving is there's tons of services companies out there that have all these functionalities, but they're all in different places and they're all disjointed. Um, and as companies scale, um, like you guys, uh, you know, it's it becomes more and more difficult to make sure that the data is marrying up properly um, and projects are running on time and, and profitability staying where it should. Um, so we basically solve that problem leveraging AI um, to automate all those processes through one platform, um, which essentially makes the project manager less of an admin worker, more of a commander. That's um like as a as an agency lead, it's one of the questions that we've probably asked ourselves most. And I get asked by other agency leads repeatedly is what what platform do we use to run the agency? Like what is it that is kind of running that back end stuff? And it's a very similar, like the way you've just described it, a very similar way that we pitch in something like HubSpot where we're talking about like one platform to tie everything together and actually reduce some of the frictions across a business. It's so, funny you say that 
because we actually have been talking internally a lot about how we're kind of like positioning ourselves as like, obviously we're not marketing automation, but from a project management standpoint, almost the HubSpot because um, we want to encompass everything. Like we're essentially like, we want to be not just a project management platform, but we actually are the system of record um, for the services company. Yep. So they can operate their entire business. Um, it's not just your PMs logging in, but it's your also your you know COO, CFO, and and those are the people that are really getting the outputs out of the platform that um, really drives the business forward because they're able to essentially make decisions based on um, how projects are running, how profitability is running. How does that how does that change the way that you kind of go to market with it as well? Because yes, you are selling a product, but you're actually you're pretty much selling wholesale change across an organization when, you, when you're when you changing all of those tools. How does yeah. that change the way that you take it to market? Yeah, um, I mean, change management is a big part of, of what we offer. Um, so when you bring in something like Forecast, like you said, you're not just necessarily replacing one tool, you're replacing probably two, if not three. Um, and you know, during once somebody signs on with us, we basically do a full um, discovery session on how they're operating their business to understand how we can best fit that into forecast and then evangelize that through the organization. So um, our customer experience team does a fantastic job of essentially like breaking down in silos, um, how the company's operating and then how they would best operate um, within forecast um, and kind of dividing each team up into with the permission levels to actually train them on the product for what they actually need, you know, the purpose for. Well, speaking from experience, so our, our agency obviously has just gone through the switch over to Forecast. So we replaced like a handful of tools across the agency. And it's the only piece of, um, well, it's only platform or piece of software, however you want to look at it, that has touched everybody across the agency. So it's such yeah, a like, exactly. seismic shift. Um, and like your your CS team has been great in making sure that we're all trained. And I think there's like been follow-up appointments and we've had questions and stuff like that. And that change management piece is like crucial for that that rollout um so so if anybody in the agency space is looking then you should definitely have a look at forecast it's um does my my tech interest has always peaked when you start talking about some of the ai pieces but i know the team yeah. are liking the project pieces more than more than that so yeah. so what's your role at forecast uh so i'm the cro um essentially oversee um basically anything commercial so uh anything from marketing sales customer success um from figuring out who we need to target um, to getting them in as a customer and then as their customer how are we gonna you know create a, a really positive relationship and, and eventually expand them and renew them um over time and do you do you come from a, a marketing or a sales background interesting so um originally sales um and then i kind of veered into customer success a little bit um and marketing got um more interesting to me and, and as i realized how much it actually interacts and needs to interact with sales um, and cs and it all needs to be kind of one engine uh, and that's what really drew me to marketing um and now uh yeah um i've been um reading up a lot uh over the last uh couple of years i'm trying to level my skills up in the marketing aspect because that's something that i just wasn't inherently didn't have initially but I'm a, like a massively and like our business is like one of the services we offer is around that sales and marketing alignment piece. And I think like growing companies, it's huge. 
line. And that CRO, CRO role, it's difficult to say in a mouthful, but that CRO role is like, it's key to that is having, having that focal point that allows you to have ownership over both sides and you can start to pull the strings where you need to. It's funny that like the one thing that I always, like whenever you come across somebody in that CRO role, typically they come from the sales side and move into the marketing side. Why do you think that is? Um, it's funny because I think uh, initially when CROs came out, people look at, at revenue, right? And they think of, oh, well, we need new sales to get revenue. Yeah. Um, but the reality is um, it's way more than that. Um, a good example of this is like, I, uh, you know, when I came on board, board forecast, um, we really put a big emphasis on making sure that we're bringing the right customers in. Um, and that comes from a marketing alignment first to make sure that we're going out and we're targeting the customers who are actually going to be a good fit for the platform. It comes from the sales component of saying, making sure that everybody they're talking to qualifies and actually is the right fit to use forecast. Um, and obviously a CS perspective, how are we going to onboard them to make sure that they're, they're going to stay with us um, for a long period of time? And if you don't have those things together, um then it makes what, what's going to happen is uh you're gonna your sales team is going to go out and they're gonna sell 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 to whoever um they'll probably do great and they'll probably grow the business really quickly right off the bat but then you'll turn around in six to 12 months and all of a sudden you'll have a ton of churn because it's there's no alignment between marketing sales and customer success when there's alignment everybody's going towards the same goal and you actually end up selling a little bit less but keeping the people that you do sell a lot longer, which in the long term is actually going to provide more scale for the business. So what what initially got you into the whole kind of growth space and um, particularly like the SaaS scene? Like how did you end up? Yeah. With it? Um, so uh, I started in SaaS, um, gosh, about 15 or so years ago, a little more um, at, uh, in New York um, at a company called App Intelligence. Um, it's basically where I grew up, um, started there, just basically doing pure sales, um, ended up moving up, managing a team. Um, and then I ended up towards the end of my tenure there, uh, was actually the CRO, um, went from there to bounce X, um, also a New York based startup. Um, bounce X was on a, a crazy growth trajectory. Um, you know, when I joined, uh, early days, um, but, um, you know, that company scaled from, I think when I joined, we were about 50 or 30, 40 people. Um, we scaled to, uh, when I left over in May for forecast, we were about 400. Um, and that was, that was great. It was your typical, like, um, growth stage, uh, SaaS company. Um, and one of the things that I think is really unique about those types of companies, um, uh, and especially now with forecast, um, it's just the the general feeling within the organization and like the feeling of like, we can all do this together and we're going to build the next, you know, unicorn and, and lots of SaaS businesses have that. Um, and they have that general feeling and everyone's super invested in, in making sure and, and trying to get to that, that huge goal and being on, you know, there's, um, so many different awesome companies out there these days that are growing so quickly, um, that it's just so fun to be a part of it. I think that's, uh, that's the thing that I find most attractive about SaaS companies is that kind of that enthusiasm and energy and everybody is wanting to kind of achieve those goals. And it's, it's, it, it's funny. You can see when a SaaS has moved, a SaaS company has moved from that kind of initial growth phase 
and it, it kind of plateaus out into almost business as usual. Like there's a, almost like a seismic shift across yeah. the organization where everybody's kind of like, oh, should, should we still be thinking like that? And like, how do we how do we grow up a bit now? And it's you can see when they're going through that glass ceiling. Totally, man. Um, yeah, and it's it's it, people. It, it, it's interesting because I think there's a specific motivation that people have um, to basically push the envelope and go the extra mile to push those companies to the next stage. And there's always something else. So it's like whether we're gearing up to raise, you know, a Series A, and then once you raise your Series A, it's like up. Oh, now we got to gear up and raise for Series B, and then once you raise your B, it's like up. Oh, you got to raise up C, and then it's like well, are we either going to get acquired or are we going to go public? And and I think all of those milestones really um, inject just a ton of enthusiasm into people um, and kind of, you know, creates a, a really just a unique atmosphere with employees. Have you gone through that IPO journey? Uh, no, uh, I have not IPO'd. Um, but that's, uh, is it, that's, I, that's I have a... That's one of the things I find interesting is like how you go through that. Like you've got all those milestones, and then IPO yeah, yeah, yeah. always seems like the last milestone. And you're like, then what? Like, how do you then motivate <laughs> past that point? Then it gets boring. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's when it gets boring. So, what what excites you most about marketing or like the growth space at the moment? Um, yeah, I think uh, honestly, it's just like the obviously with, with everything going on with the pandemic, um, you're just seeing new different strategies come out. Like, um, you know, I, I would argue that, you know, you and I wouldn't be conversing right now if, if that weren't the case. Um, everyone's evolving and kind of um, what's, what will be, you know, even when, if and when crossing fingers, the vaccine works and comes out and everyone has it. I, I think just in general, like marketing has shifted and it'll change and you're going to see a lot more video stuff. You're going to see a lot more, um virtual events i think still um and i think that it's going to be interesting to see how those things evolve over time um and how collaborative they're uh also just the general um like ability to now you know i i come from an e-commerce background so i always think about uh the way that e-commerce companies are, are marketing themselves um but just like even on social right now it's so much easier to buy things um you go on instagram um, they've made it much easier to to make purchases. I think that's only going to increase on not only Instagram, but all these different channels. I, I feel um, like every channel that I'm engaged with has just gotten super efficient at extracting money from me at the moment. Totally. Um, how many how many times have you ripped up your marketing plans in the last six months? Oh, uh, <laughs> definitely a few. Um, yeah. Um, we actually have a, a new um, head of demand gen coming in in January um, in the UK that we're really excited about, um, and um, she will likely put in, you know, some new stuff that, um, you know, I think is really going to help push push forecast to the next level. So, touching back on 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 forecast, so you're you're sat in quite a crowded space. So, like, it, there's a like plenty of apps that do bits and pieces across that. How yep. how do you guys navigate being in that space? How do you grow in a crowded space? Yeah, I mean, I think we have a very unique differentiator and, and I actually look at it as uh, like, sure, you can say that, you know, we're in the same space as Monday or Asana or, um, but the reality is that there, you would have to use a Monday or Asana and a resourcing tool and spreadsheets. Um, in order to accomplish what you can at a forecast. Um, 
So um, while those are, don't get me wrong, fantastic technologies, it kind of serves a bit of a different purpose. Um, So as we're positioning ourselves as more of like an all-in-one platform um, that delivers output versus delivers features, um, you know, it's given us a a leg up on the market um, to kind of come in with that new approach that I think a lot of people just aren't used to seeing. So you've got the new demand genner coming in in January. Outside of that, what are your plans to grow in 2021? Um, so we have pretty lofty growth goals. Um, we're targeting to uh, basically triple the business by the end of, of 21. Go, go um, big or go home. Yeah. So uh, really actually, you know, nervously excited for that. Um, but what that means is is we're obviously going to have to add a bunch of heads on the commercial side, right? So um, we'll be adding, uh, I think, about um, – 40 heads total next year, um, maybe more. Um, and then towards the end of the year, plan to um, open an office in the US uh, or the early 22, uh, depending upon how things go. But that's that's definitely a, a near-term plan for forecast. Um, we know that there's a massive market there that um, already organically, totally by accident, uh, you know, 25% of our business is in, in the US. So um, obviously a market that we, want to exploit it so big top line question what's next in marketing if you had a, if you have a, a magic crystal ball what's coming next um so kind of dating back to what i was saying before i think a lot of these virtual events are going to be coming more uh engaging and what i mean by that is like right now you have virtual events and and they're basically just like zooms and you have like one or two people talking um, with very little interaction. I think in order for those to succeed in the long haul, there's going to be need to be evolution um, with more interaction. Um, so I see some, whether it's Zoom or, or some other tools coming out with just way more interactive ways um, to conduct those, yep. um, I think is going to be incredibly powerful over the next few years because, um, you know, while when things hopefully go back to normal, I, I think that virtual events will continue on because they're cost effective. Um, they're very, very, very little cost to put on. The ROI on them is huge. So why wouldn't companies continue to do them? They just need to be shaped a, a little bit better. So you're based in London, you're currently in New York, home for Christmas. Yep. So big question, is it Jets or Giants? Oh man, Giants. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> So Rob, thanks for doing the six sessions with me. I appreciate it. Uh, taking time out of your kind of like family family holiday back back home. Um, yeah, all good. Thanks for being part of it. If anyone wants to follow up you, with you, how should they connect? Uh, just shoot me an email at uh, rob at forecast.app um, or just connect with me on LinkedIn. And and what's um, the best way for them to um, have a look at forecast and see if, and, and who, who should look at forecast? Let's start there. Who should look at forecast and where should they look at it? Any company that's looking to operationalize their their processes, um, you know, we primarily work with services companies. We work with other internal like marketing departments and IT departments as well um, for for bigger brands. Um, but companies that are looking to optimize their project management, resourcing, um, and and project budgeting to understand project profitability, whether that be with current projects or future projects, to understand what projects they should be working on. Nice. And and where where should they find out? What's uh, the URL? www.forecast.app. Perfect. 
And any parting wisdom that you want to share with everybody on a Friday afternoon? Uh, I wouldn't say parting wisdom, but I'm, I'm looking outside right now. I'm actually staying at, at my folks' place uh, in, in Westchester, and there's about a foot of snow on the ground. Um, so yeah. it's been a, a fun day, a fun couple of days for my daughter, who's never seen snow before. Never seen snow. Yeah. You should, you should spend some time up in Manchester. We got a lot of rain. Occasionally it snows. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, and that's it for the first round of six sessions. So as I mentioned before, we're not doing one next week because my wife would kill me if I tried to do something on Christmas Day. I've been told to down tools. And we'll be coming back in uh, January. So we've got some great speakers lined up in January and we'll start talking about those in the new year. So Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll see you all in January. And Rob, thanks again. I hope you and your family have an amazing Christmas out in New York and see you in the new year as well. Yeah, for sure. It's you two and uh, best to your family. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll catch up soon. See you later. Take care.